0: God is good, amen. Amen. Uh, I'm hoping you came anticipating, expecting God to move on your behalf. There's something about when we all come together and you're in anticipation that God is going to speak to you, that God is going to deal with the situations that you're in, that's called faith. And faith is what gets God to move. And faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you take a look at what Jason brought up about King Hezekiah. He believed, that's faith, he believed that his problems were bigger than himself and so therefore he went to the one who can handle any problem, God himself. And that's what we need to do. In our daily lives, we need to go to God himself because he's bigger than our problems. And the key is is that even though you can handle a problem that come your way, you need to give it over to God. Because it's still too big for you. What we want to do is keep God involved in our lives daily. And moment by moment would be ideal. But we know that's very, very difficult. But what I want to try to do is have you be aware of God's presence. And you've got to do that by practicing his presence. Lord, I, I'm, I'm about ready to do this. Where are my keys? <laughs> Did I forget anything, Lord? You see how you invite him in on your daily life? You invite him in like this so that you become more aware of his presence. You become more aware of his help for you. This is real. And the more you practice these things, the more you become a doer of these things, the more you're going to be aware of his presence. The more aware you're going to be of his directions that he is giving to you. All those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Amen? And when we talk about being led by the Spirit of God, it's an inward witness. An inward witness. You're born of God's Spirit, so His Spirit is going to speak to your spirit, and your spirit will eventually get it to your brain. <laughs> Amen? Sometimes it gets lost in between. <laughs> Oh, praise God. I was so excited about last week that uh, really the entire church came forward to be uh, making commitment to God and tell Him that we want more. We want to have God move in our lives. We want more of the reality of God himself manifesting in our personal lives, in our church life. And this is how you do it. You start to speak about it. You ask him for it. You step up and come forward like you did last Sunday. That's just an act of faith. You know, you can have faith just sitting there, but there's something else when your body starts to operate in that same faith. That means that you're making a real commitment. And we talked about the Spirit upon. Those of us who are born again have the Spirit within us. We're born of God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself, when we surrender our lives to God, when we recognize our need for a Savior, the Holy Spirit does a miracle. He comes and recreates your fallen spirit, your dead spirit, the spirit that Adam gave to every single person on this planet who ever lived. It is a fallen nature. It is a dead spirit. God himself sends the Holy Spirit to recreate you. And the Bible declares that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new creation in Christ Jesus. You need to think about that. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, all things are new, and all things are of God. You know, you just don't read that and you go to the next thing. There's an eternity of insight and wisdom in that scripture. All you have to do is just meditate on it. Gain insight from it. Ask the Holy Spirit, teach me something on this that I don't know. Reveal to me how I can live this out. Because I want to. I don't want to live my old way. I want this new life that you've promised me, Jesus. So, when we came forward last week and we declared to God that we want to operate in the Spirit upon us, not just the Spirit within, but the Spirit upon, two different Bible events that happen. We see that we looked at the disciples being born again in John chapter 20 when Jesus breathed on them. And then we see the Spirit come upon them in The book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And Jesus said that you need to stay in Jerusalem until you have received the power upon. And this church wants the power upon us. Amen? Because that's how you and I are going to represent him in this world. That's how you and I are going to face difficult situations, but be like Hezekiah. I'm confident in my God. I'm confident in my God. See, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities, powers, and dominions. These are spiritual entities that want to destroy you. These are fallen angels that want to kill you, kill, steal, and destroy. And they don't care how it happens. They like to see you in difficult situations. They are merciless. But the key is is that when we start to walk with God and we start to operate with the uh, Spirit upon us, we start to exercise authority in Christ Jesus that they are no match for. Again, we don't know how many times in our own personal lives that Jesus himself has sent his angels to deal with the invisible world that had been arrayed against you. Many times, we don't know how many times the enemy has camped around us just like what we were talking about with Hezekiah. That army coming around us waiting for us to starve to death or give up that God sent his angelic host to deliver us. God doesn't just toot his horn. Do you understand? He doesn't say, look what I did for you. He just does it because he loves you. He loves you. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And what would be even greater is that we start to see these things, we start to recognize these things so that we can give him glory, that we can honor him, we can thank him, and that, we, that when we start to see these things, it's going to build your faith. It's going to make you stronger of spirit. It'll make you fearless. No matter what comes your way, you're going to say, no, I know my God is with me and he'll deliver me. Amen? Well, what's great is that we're going to finish <clears throat> 1 John chapter 2 today. <laughs> that is the plan. <laughs> That's the plan. Praise God. And we take a look at uh, John himself and what he's been doing Here is He's been... Uh, really delivering to the church on uh, how to live and how to walk out your Christian faith in a world that is really against you, that is fortified against you, amen? (laughs) So let's start to pray here, let's pray. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name, our King, our Lord. And we're asking for insight. We're asking for wisdom. We're asking that you give us a glimpse of things to come. And then show us how to make preparation for those things to come. Strengthen us in our inner man. So that we'll be fearless in the day that, needs, that is coming. That we need to be fearless. And this is not just for ourselves, Lord. This is for the people that are around us. This is for the lost, Lord. This is for the weak. And so we're asking you to anoint us. Increase the spirit upon us. Cause us to be aware. And live it out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, John, again, is explaining how to uh, live your Christian life in a world that's very confused and really in the truth it's is dealing with the things that we're dealing with there's really not much difference in what he was dealing with and what we're dealing with and what we're dealing with is what he was dealing with it's important for us to understand that he's giving us insight and wisdom that actually is relative throughout the ages we find that uh, this deception comes in a cyclical uh, manner. It's, that's why history always repeats itself. Here it is again. Here it is again. If you live long enough, you're going to say, yep, bell bottoms are coming back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also learned there that, uh, that there is uh, no lie is of the truth. This is really important for us to understand. That means no lie is of the truth. So a partial lie or a partial truth is not the truth. And a partial truth can lead you astray. Amen? Amen. And so we need to understand that God is truth. Jesus is truth. And the closer we become tied to him in a sense the quicker we're going to understand, no, that's a deception. Do you see, understand that religious error doesn't ever come from outside minds. It always comes in for a deceived individual that's within the church. And then it moves on the outside. And so we're we're recognizing that it's important for you and I to have the word of God put in us so that we don't walk in an error. We don't want that. He says, Who is the liar? The one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the liar. This is the Antichrist. And it's important for us to understand that our defense, just like what John was telling, their defense was the same thing as our defense is it's the Word of God, and it's the Spirit of God and it needs to be in that combination the word and the spirit they're one they always agree the word and the spirit always agree if you just have the word alone it could be <clears throat> legalistic and then That's religious true. and everybody's always wrong except you <laughs> And then, if we have just the spirit with no word, then it becomes very flaky amen it 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 becomes uh hmm, how do you say it it becomes off the wall, and people start to walk in error, and what happens is that they feel that this is right instead of. Testing everything with the word of God. Keeping the balance between the word of God and the spirit of God. This is what's going to keep us steady in walking in the truth that God wants us to walk in. In this day and age that we're here. And this is really important for us to take a look at it. Verse 28 and verse 29. 1 John chapter 2 the last two verses in there. We don't want to get stuck in wildfire fanaticism. You know if you you just have the spirit without the word it becomes mysticism. And we see that in a major way today. I've been reading recently the uh, revised uh standard and <clears throat> there's many things that i like about it and there's some things i don't like about it <clears throat> it's always good to pick up another uh translation of the bible <clears throat> sometimes it brings greater insight and it would uh i think uh what is it uh, Bible gateway is a good one that you could go to and have a variety of different translations, so it's always good when when especially when the Holy Spirit is is bearing witness with you about a scripture that he wants you to understand in a deeper way it's always good to go and get a different translation of that same verse and ask for insight and i, I the amplified is always helpful for me on that. Verse 28 says, Now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when he returns, you'll be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Now, the New American Standard reads this way, Now, little children, remain in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not draw back from him in shame at his coming. And the Amplified reads this way. And now little children abide. Live, remain permanently in him so that when he is made visible, we may have and enjoy perfect confidence, boldness, assurance, and not be ashamed and shrink away at, from him at his coming. And since we know that Christ is righteous, We also know that all who do what is right are children of God. It is important for us to understand here what lies ahead for each believer, every one of us. What is it? According to this, it's a face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. A face-to-face encounter with Jesus Christ. John uses two phrases here to describe this he says when he appears and at his coming appears that, that word means manifestation a manifestation when he is manifest when he is openly evident to our even to our physical senses this is important and then John uses the word coming at his coming parousia is the greek word which means his presence it means His presence. And if you've read the Bible very often and you're a student of the Word, you're going to find that uh, it's one of the uh, issues the Bible brings up more often is the second coming of Christ. It's the second coming of Christ. This is our great hope, amen? This is the living hope that Peter talks about, the appearing of Jesus Christ that His second coming. This is what the New Testament church is, is held onto for decades through persecution. And this is something that we need to lock into our own hearts here as we walk this out when sin abounds everywhere. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So what we want to do is live in the grace of God. This is really mentioned many many times in the bible in the new testament it's important for us to always it's almost on every page really it is about the second appearing of christ but i think it's one of the most neglected doctrines of the church people just don't get into it they don't teach it but it's important for us to understand that there's a lot of different passages that describe this uh One of them is really, in a sense, I uh, well, let's turn there to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Jesus Christ is once again going to openly manifest himself in human history once again. And the Bible declares that all the world will see him. Every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him will see him. How that's going to happen, I don't know. But it is going to, I promise you that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 through 18, in my opinion, this is talking about the rapture of the church. But there are other scriptures, like in Zechariah 14, it talks about when Jesus actually comes and puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. Right there, where the Pulliams were there, what, last week you were there. That's pretty amazing. Look what it says here, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command with the archangels call and with the sound of a trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. It has held the church together for centuries. And this is going to hold us together too. When we recognize Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's coming back and he's going to set up a kingdom that will last for a thousand years. That you and I will rule and reign with him for one thousand years on this earth. But we're going to get into that. because you're going to want to rule and reign with him. And not everybody is going to rule and reign with him. Not every Christian. This this is this really in a sense is the greatest appointment of your life is yet in the future. And you won't be late for that appointment. <laughs> every one of us will meet with Jesus face to face our eyes will lock with his eyes this is very significant because the only thing that's going to matter at that time is what he says is going to be what he says and this is really important for us we don't want you to shrink back when that occurs We want you to live a life that he would be proud of. These are things that are really serious and most Christians ignore it. And you're going to find many Christians will shrink back on that day. And this is really important for us to understand these things. Because we've we've said it, I heard this pastor say it, and I'll tell you what, I like it. I ask God, shock me now, don't shock me then, because I can change now. There it's done. You have no chance to change things. So I want to be shocked now. If I'm walking in something that I think is true, and then somebody reveals to me, hey, that's really not true, and i am go through the scriptures to show you, well, I'm going to change I'm not going to be so egotistical to say, I'm right no matter what. I don't care what the Bible says. I feel this way. Mm -hmm. That's a person who's going to shrink back when Jesus comes. Turn to 2 Corinthians here. This is really important. We don't want you to shrink back when you see him face to face. Because nobody's going to be standing there beside you. Your mom's not going to be there. Your dad's not going to be there. Your pastor might watch from a distance. I don't know. But it's going to be you and you alone. You and you alone. With the one whose eyes will be blazing like fire then you know you're not going to manipulate him in any way. (laughs) You're not going to change his mind. Look what it says here. 2 Corinthians, did I tell you to go there? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. And this is really important that we take notice of this. Did we all get there? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive good or evil according to what he has done in the body. It also says that in Romans chapter 14, verse 10. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. It says that each of us is going to give an account to the Lord of how we lived. Each of us will give an account Of what we did with what he gave us. This is really important for us to understand. There's a lot of individuality in these judgments. He is not going to judge you on a gift that you didn't receive. Amen? Thank God. You're going to answer to him on what he did give you. Were you faithful in the little that he gave you? Or did you complain that somebody else had so much more? They had so much more, so I'm not doing anything. Isn't it funny? You remember that? When he's giving away the talents, he comes back. What'd you do with it? The guy who had five, oh, master, I doubled it. What did he say? Well done, good and faithful servant, enter the joy of your master. Then the guy had two talents. Oh, I doubled it. And his response was, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in the joy of your Master one talent oh you're a hard man I was afraid of you I didn't do anything with it did you know those guys had five those guys had two I only had one so I hid it it wasn't good for that guy because he ended up in a place with the hypocrites and the the, another story the same idea they doubled theirs. He said, "Very good. I'll make you a ruler over 10 cities." Next guy, I'll make you rule over five cities." See, if we're faithful with what we have been given, In the coming kingdom, he's going to give us more responsibility. We want to be those people who overcome. We do not want to be those people who shrink back. I don't want to hear Jesus tell me, you wasted your life. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that have all the toys in this world. A life of ease. Then Jesus is going to be able to say to them, you wasted your life. You wasted your life. We don't want... You to shrink back at his coming. We want you to stand with confidence because this judgment seat is what they call the Bema seat. That's the Greek word, Bema seat. And it's the Bema seat is where, uh, like in the Olympic Games, this was a very uh, well known. Uh, term that was used at that time. It was like the Olympic Games. They, they, everybody came to the beam of seat and the judges would, re- here's your gold medal, here's your silver medal, here's, this is, a, it's a place where you received rewards. Rewards. We're going to get to a scripture here that talks about this. Again, we're only going to have to answer to what we've been given. If you had two talents given to you, go and make two more. Can I hear an amen? amen. And that means that maybe you're going to have to change your lifestyle. Maybe you're going to have to do some things different. Because this is important. Shock me now, don't shock me then. Do you know, there's there's all sorts of types of rewards. Do you know that they were arguing about who would be greatest in the kingdom? Remember that? Jesus wasn't mad at them for wanting to be great in the kingdom. See, the, the whole difference is our kingdom is so radically different from what we understand in this world. He's going to reward us. And the rewards, you know, some people say, I don't, I don't want any rewards that trying to be humble and noble. You know what? I want rewards. I want to be great in the kingdom. Because he says there's great in the kingdom and there's least in the kingdom. I don't want you to be shrinking back when He appears. We want you to be there with great confidence, Lord. I did with what You gave me. I, I I doubled it. I doubled it. I utilized the gifting You gave to me for Your glory, for Your kingdom. And everybody has a different gift. You know, we think we think. Well, Billy Graham, he's got the He's got the hedge on all of it, you know. But if you are gifted like Billy Graham and you're you're sitting in here, and there's trouble. I think what's going to be really amazing is that people that you never heard of, I almost think that is going to be mothers are going to be great in the kingdom of God. I mean seriously, a mom sacrifices her life for her kids and for her husband. You know, and you could hear people say, Why? Well, you could hear mom say, I just, as soon as they get old enough, then I can go into ministry. And you're in the ministry. <laughs> you are in the ministry. And you, these and here's the other thing that you've got to understand, it's the little things, that the little decisions we make every day are extremely valuable in God's eyes. Was it? A cup of cold water? A cup of cold water. He's going to give you a reward. What? A cup of cold water. It's the little decisions we make every day that God writes down in his book. It's a book of remembrance he has. It's really amazing. Did I tell you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and then hold your finger there because you're going to go to Malachi 3.16. Our life is made up of little decisions that are not overlooked by God himself. And it's little decisions that wreck things. Amen? And the Bible declares, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. Jesus said, if you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in much. Much. He doesn't start you out with much. He starts you out with little. Are you faithful there? Okay, we're going to add more responsibility. See, when we come into this kingdom, when Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom, he says those who overcome will rule and reign with him. Do you know that during that millennial kingdom, Jesus will be in a body, a glorified body, which can only be one place. Now by his spirit, we're all in his presence. But if we're faithful in a little and our lives are lived out so that we're not going to be ashamed at his coming, just think, we could be closer to Jesus in that assignment during the millennial he might be calling a meeting and we get to go <laughs> and he might be calling a meeting and the person in the meeting might come and tell you i want to be as close to him as i possibly can amen i don't we don't want you to shrink back at his coming we want you to fulfill your mission He's going to give rewards. Listen, we don't earn these rewards. It's his expression of the way he sees us love him. We didn't earn it. We just were in love with him. And so this is the way he expresses his love toward us. Ah, you love me. I was really excited about it. And you know that he is the richest there ever was. And he's the generous, the most generous there ever was. (laughs) But it's the little things. Did we, did we find First Thessalonians, or First Corinthians chapter three? First Corinthians chapter three. Hold your finger there and then go to Malachi, chapter three, verse 16. It's pretty amazing how often that number comes up: 3:16, 316, 3:16. 316, 316. Okay, were you there? Daniel chapter 7 talks about the judgment seat of God. And he says, books were opened and the book of life was opened. Malachi 3.16 says this, Then those who feared the Lord talked often to one another, and the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced And worshipfully feared the Lord and thought on his name. He is an incredible record keeper. Just talking about the Lord in your private time is going to bring a reward to you. Just talking about him, he's writing this down in a book that will last forever forever and look what it says here and now go back to first corinthians first corinthians chapter 3 verse 10 through 15 this is really important for us to understand that god is going to reward those who walk with him and i want you to be received like it says and i think it's in jude i want you to receive your full reward no, it's second, John. I want you to receive your full reward. So if you can receive a full reward, then you can receive only half a reward. I want you to receive a full reward. I don't want you to shrink back at his appearing. I want you to live a life right now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that spirit upon us, to live out the gospel. Before God himself. It says. Let each man take care. How he builds upon it. For no other foundation. Can anyone lay. Than that which is laid. And is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds upon the foundation. Of gold silver precious stones. That's what we want. Wood hay and straw. Each man's work. Each man's work. Will become manifest. Manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work which a man has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If a man's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, though he himself will be saved and only through fire. Our most important... Appointment is yet in the future. We can build on the foundation of Jesus Christ to be able to put us in a position that will honor God throughout our whole life, but yet it will change our eternity. We get to heaven through Jesus Christ. What we do in heaven determined by what we do in this life. I want you to have a full reward. A full reward. And this is important for us to understand. This is very serious. Look what Jesus says. Jesus taught on eternal rewards. And he calls his people to become great. Look what it says there. Jesus talked about eternal rewards with 50 different scriptures. So he's the one who talked about it more than anybody else in the Bible. Look at that. He's calling his people to become great. Matthew. Matthew 5:19, Matthew 18:4. And he's called them to receive rewards. Look at the scriptures that are there. He's called them to gain riches in heaven in the next life. To add treasures in heaven, to rule over much, to have authority over cities. Power over nations, sit on thrones, to gain crowns, heavenly garments. It's all going to be different. To be exalted, to receive honor from God, and to be the first in receiving blessings. Living now. keeping the Word of God and the Spirit of God in balance in your life will bring eternal rewards and will determine what you're going to do 300 years from now. Everybody's like, oh, you know, they're asking kids who are graduating now, oh, what are you going to do? truth is very few people really know what they're going to do. But look at the pressure we put these kids on. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, great, great. I end up being a landscaper. <laughs> but here's the key. We think about what we're going to do and try to plan out our life from the 30, from the 70, 80, 90 years that we have on the earth. Do you ever think about what you're going to do 300 years from now? There's going to be a millennial reign, a thousand year reign when the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. Guess what? I want to be in a place where I'm going to be close to Jesus doing a work that he's called me to do. And it is all going to be determined by what we do right now. You have to make a commitment Lord, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be close to you. I want an assignment that just honors you. And you are going to be determining what that assignment is by simply living out your faith. Making the right decisions. Sacrificing now for your future. I mean, you should think about it. Instead of blowing up at somebody, turn the other cheek. And when you do that, you're buying gold because Jesus said, "Purchase from me gold. Buy from me gold." See, this is this isn't just that we're gonna sc- just scoot by and wait till that happens and we're gonna just sit in the clouds playing a harp and there's gonna be real life jobs in heaven. Do you know the earth is gonna be a mess after that millennial reign or during that millennial reign? There's gonna be a lot of cleanup going on. I don't know. Do you wanna be a ruler over 10 cities? Or do you want to sweep the street? Determined by what we do now. I've heard people say, well, that just puts a lot of pressure on me. Do you know what it's called? That's called the fear of the Lord. And we want to walk in this. God has called us to be children of God. He's also called us to be soldiers in his army. And a soldier takes orders. And he fulfills them. We're God's children. And he wants to reward you to the fullest extent that can possibly happen. But we are the ones who determine how that goes. I I don't want anybody here to shrink back when he appears. It's just like what happened when they came into the upper room. He appeared in the upper room. The doors were locked because of fear of the Jews. First thing he had to say was, peace, peace, bro, I'm here, it's okay. (laughs) Because when he appears, we're going to be startled. No question about it. We'll be startled. But that Spirit of God inside of you will raise up and you're going to say, you know what, this is a good day for me. Because I've sacrificed. I've crucified my flesh. I've walked in the Spirit to the best I know how. I loved my... Enemies even. We, we live in an upside down kingdom. And the best thing for us to do is start living it out now. Amen? You've got to make this determination within yourself and you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with this. Will the praise worship team come on up? This is a a journey where we must become diligent and time is short. And if we don't know about eternal rewards and how and what it takes to achieve them, to be granted, we're going to just start live our life like the world. God's calling us all to a higher standard. And we can do it. Not only the spirit within, but the spirit upon. We'll walk in his ways. We'll look forward to that day. We'll be doers of his word, amen? Heavenly Father, I ask that you would drop your spirit upon each one of us in here today. We ask that you would help us as we live this life that you're calling us to, Lord. That we would recognize the gifting you've given to us and that we would fulfill the call of God on our lives. And that's varied. But yet, Lord, it's doable. cause us to be more aware of your presence Holy Spirit that we would recognize right from wrong almost right from right we want to live out of our new recreated man we want to bring you glory and honor in a world that is confused and crooked we ask that you would increase the anointing on our lives Lord just like Elijah asked for a double portion I ask that you would give us a double portion and that when you do appear, Lord, we won't shrink back. If you're here today and you've never really given your life to Jesus Christ so that your sins would be forgiven, You yield yourself to Him, and the Holy Spirit will come and recreate you on your inner man, and you will be what the Bible calls born again. You'll become a child of the living God. If that's you here today, and you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it, and we'll say a prayer. The whole church will say this prayer. And you'll be born of His Spirit, you'll be gifted by God himself and he'll guide you through the affairs of life because his goal for your life is that you become an overcomer and that you receive a full reward Lord, as as we walk about in joyful expectation of things to come, Lord, we, we ask most of all that we become more sensitive to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.